Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back. If you are watching, listening, I say this every week, but however you are consuming, I'm thankful that you're here listening to what we have to say, the insight that we have to share. As always, uh, maximizing your Monday. And I have a new guest with me. So, Christina, thank you so much for jumping on here with me. I'm very anxious to to talk to you about all the moving parts in your career here and, and all the, the questions that I'm sure you get a lot, that I get a lot, and that we can hopefully clarify for a lot of people. So very thankful for you for taking that time. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Perfect. Perfect. So if you follow the show, you know, we usually start off just kind of breaking down the week ahead, what we have going on, things motivating us, uh, you know, what's on the horizon here. So short week for me, actually, I'm off this Friday coming up. So um, just doing some stuff in Philadelphia, doing the, the double feature. So Flyers game Thursday, Sixers game Friday. Um, here's hoping that at least one of them win, if not both. Um, I'm like 50-50 with the Sixers this year in terms of wins, losses. And I have yet to see the Flyers win a game, I think, since I've ever gone to one of those games. So first time for everything, here's hoping. So that's what's motivating me for the week, uh, you know, that that short week. And that kind of goes right into my goals for the week ahead. So normally if I'm out Friday thankful for my team I have someone covering for me of course but the goal is to not have them just like doing all of my work while I'm out so got to fit five days of work into four at this point so that's kind of the big goal just making sure that all the the hiring managers I'm working with have an update on their candidates all the candidates I'm working with know where they are in the process before so we're not just leaving anything open I usually give myself that deadline of Friday to give the updates now I have the deadline of Thursday so making sure I'm doing that in one last day will be tricky. Uh, and the other goal is just kind of continued growth. We have the internship program starting. So just kind of doing what we do there, getting it in front of a lot of college students who want to explore opportunities within the company here, whether that's on site or remote. So really buying into that program now and getting that off the ground. So those are goals, motivators, a win from last week, um, celebrating actually two offers extended on Friday. So Always a good day to to extend those, especially make someone's weekend and, and get the offer out to them before. Um, so thankful to do that. Very thankful to have uh, two new people starting their careers with the company. Very exciting stuff. So that's it for me. Christina, what do you have going on in your world this week? I am so excited because this weekend my daughter has, she's eight. She plays on a 10U volleyball team. And it's pretty cool to watch because she doesn't play that much, but she learns a lot. And they've got a big tournament this weekend. So we're heading out after this. And the next week, I'm so excited because I have so many lunches and in-person networking meetings set up. So I'm going to be a whole vibe next week. I'm going to be with my people thriving and I cannot wait. So um, very excited. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's nice to have those in-person type of things. I, I know during the pandemic was kind of frustrating crazy for a lot of people just because you know you had to rely on phone calls zooms you couldn't get that face-to-face -face type of stuff and for someone working in sales probably even more frustrating so yeah. i'm sure that now that you can actually like see people in person it's a, it brings a whole new element to to your day-to-day -day functions absolutely all right so one of the reasons why i asked you to join on the the show here and, and kind of chat with myself and the the listeners is you know sales is one of those careers that's not for everyone and you know you don't really know if it's for you until you actually do it sometimes you know some people know right off the bat i you know i have the mindset for it i have the personality for it i can thrive in this 
some people are just like, I know, you know, products very well. I know markets very well. And I could probably turn that into something that's sales driven. So you've made a successful career out of pursuing that path at this point. So, you know, when did you know that that was the right fit for you? Were you one of those people that knew from the start, like I have the personality and the drive to do this? Or was there a little bit of trial and error for you along the way before you fully embraced and found that love for it that you have? Yeah. So no, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. And my story is rather interesting. And I know so many salespeople relate to this because we went to college and majored in whatever. So I actually had a degree in fashion merchandising and design. Okay. I still, um, I do that on the side still. I do um, some different types of costuming and um you know, capsule wardrobes and things like that. So I do that on the side. And I thought for sure, when I got out of school, I was going to go um, style people for movies and mm -hmm. stars and things like that. And I thought for sure. And I started out working for BCBG Max Azria, which is a, a French designer. And um, I worked my butt off and I made like zero money. And you know, when you're younger, it's kind of all about money. My generation, especially, we came out of school in a recession. Yeah. So it was all about money and I was working my butt off. Uh, fun fact, I actually styled Miss America 2007 and wow. she wore one of the runway dresses uh, wow. in the in the show. So that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to work with her a lot for um, a lot of interview wear and things like that. So I did get to do things in this world. But I had someone that would, would come into the store and they would say, I don't know how you get me to buy this expensive stuff, but you do. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was more of a per people connection. I wasn't thinking about dollars, right? Right. And so um, I, uh, she was leaving her sales job and she said, hey, I think you should try sales. And I didn't really know much about it. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what, what do you mean? And she's like, well, the harder you work, the more money you earn. And that's all I had to hear at yeah. that point in my life. I mean, the motivators are very different then, sure. but at that point in my life, that's all I needed to hear. So one day I, I got recruited by uh, Aramark Refreshment Services. I did um, coffee and vending services. Um, actually, then they still even sold cigarette vending machines. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so like this just tells you. But I drove up to Chicago. I think I left my house at like 3 or 4 a.m. And I asked them to interview me early because I had to be on a, you know, in the store at 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. I got back. I worked 1 to 10. And they called me and they said, we're going to offer you a position. And I started in that industry. Um, it was crappy. It was, uh, hey, you got to drive two hours to your territory. But I loved it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I ended up finding out that I just the more I got to talk to people and uh, feed off of their energy and do the right things and make those connections, I thought, okay, this could definitely be for me. And yeah. that's how it started for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you kind of discussed on a little bit, some of those skills that you were looking at to transfer. And that's usually one of the main questions I'll get from anyone. Usually for me, it's transitioning teachers who are looking for something else outside of the classroom. And some of them, you know, are looking at specific industries that they could get into where sales is kind of at that capacity and, and how they can transfer their, their skills there. And, and I always kind of say, you know, as a teacher, you have to sell yourself every day. Anyway, you have 25 to 30 teenagers or younger, uh, <laughs> if that's your thing, but, but you've got to sell yourself to them every day. But beyond that, you know, I, I've never had a, a position in a direct sales role. So that's kind of the limitations on the advice I can give to them. So, you know, for you as someone who's been in sales for this long, what are some of those must have skills that you had to develop to, to maintain that success that you had? 
Right. So, I mean, I really have two answers here because for the length of time and I've been in sales, things have changed. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just kind of explain this in two ways. So mm -hmm. first of all, a general sales leader, what they're looking for is for you to basically explain how you've managed a territory in the past. Um, say it's a, a teacher or somebody trying to come in from outside of a sales industry. Mm -hmm. um, some of those more entry-level sales jobs, you're not going to be able to explain a territory you managed in the past, but you can explain how you have organized a classroom, how you've organized children, how you've reached goals within the classroom. You can explain all of those things. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, the sales leaders for a B2B role are going to ask how you successfully manage a territory, what kind of activities you did to meet your sales goals. Mm -hmm. And they'll ask you how many, how many calls, how many things, you know, how many activities it take to get to this appointment, to get into a pipeline, to get to sold. Yeah. And most people that have been in sales for a while, they know their metrics. They know that stuff. This is all a given. Um, a lot of times, you know, when I was trained um, and I was a sales leader, we would ask people how they get paid because we want to know if they really understand their commission structure and what kind of work goes into it to get to the place they want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, just telling stories about how you stacked up against your quota, um, how you, you know, the hardest deals you want. So people for from outside of the industry, maybe some of the hardest, um, you know, situations you've had to face, how you've come, you know, through those. Um, and then most importantly, if you are coming from outside the industry, do your research. How are you going to be a student of the game then, right? How are you going to learn what we do? What excites you about what we do? And what are you planning in the first 30, 60, 90 days in order to get ramped up? So yeah. those are the generalized questions that I think most sales leaders are going to ask. Now, my opinion is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. All of those things are kind of a given in sales. Yeah. My thought process as a sales leader is more fourth generation sales. Um, I've noticed a huge shift in the market and with the changes um, just with COVID and, and things like that. Sales is totally different. Those metrics are, you know, across the board, kind of the same for most organizations. Mm -hmm. But I believe that sales and it's, this is going to be important for those people coming into the sales industry. This way, there's so many more important things than just have you managed a territory before. Right. Okay. That's old. That's just, you know, that's just old to me. Um, so in order for people to be successful, I think personally, and this is how I interviewed and I do today, I think it's important to find out what human skills they have and how we ignite those to success more quickly. Because as you know, with retention being top of mind, um, yes. especially yes. for those of us in talent acquisition and good salespeople are people, salespeople that want to stay, they're going to be successful in mm -hmm. the beginning, because if they get knocked down for, you know, three months, whatever it might be, it's just, you're, you're just re re spinning the wheels, retraining the wheels. Yes. So people relate to people, humans sell to humans it's all human interaction. So for me as a sales leader, I like to ask things about what excite you about the job. You know, what kind of things motivate you besides money? Right. Um, right. Why do you think people buy from you? Why do people like you? Mm -hmm. um, what's the relationship like with your customers, your students, whoever you work with? Um, how do you utilize your network today? Right. How does, has that helped? Yeah. What groups 
do you belong to? How do you network? So I want to find out to me what makes that person tick, no matter what background they came from, because what they naturally have that makes them the uniquely perfect person they are is the thing that I'm going to take to develop them and make them successful, successful out of the gates. And then we build from there. So that's a little advice for if you're also interviewing for a sales job, good leaders are probably in places you want to stay are probably going to be around that fourth generation sales talk. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> now, sales is also one of those industries where you can have success in sales in a specific market that doesn't always translate to success in a different market. You know, someone who's been a car salesman for their whole career isn't going to necessarily be able to step into, you know, building materials or something else and, and have the same amount of success. So for you as someone who has had success across different industries, what were some of those pain points early on in terms of preparing yourself for the interviews? You know, how are you, am I going to answer, answer questions that they're going to ask based on their market when I might not have a ton of experience in it? Uh, and then preparing yourself, you got the job, you're ready for day one, you're as prepared as you can be, obviously. But, you know, what are some of those things that you tried to do to make sure that you weren't lost going into a new industry? Yeah. And the inter- and it just starts with the interview Obviously, you're going to research the company, research their website. But here's the thing I like to do. I like to call my network and say, what do you know about these guys? You know, I'm thinking about it. What do you know? And hearing it from the horse's mouth or maybe even finding, you know, if you know somebody at one of their clients, hearing it from the horse's mouth, in my opinion, is the way to really articulate and feel more confident coming into um, an interview to understand what a company does. Learn And then, you know, first 30, 60, 90 days, I mean, learning's got to fill your cup. For me, I'm motivated by educating myself. I want to learn, 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 learn. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people might not. So um, whatever methods work for you. For me, it was old school methods, right? Um, it, they work for me. I was an average student with just exceptional listening skills. So I went back to those skill sets. Um, just an example, I guess when I started with Acor, um, I knew nothing about HCM software. This is before we went public. Um, I took my computer home every night and I got into the HR and payroll software and I sat with my husband, who's a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, why would you use this? What does this do? How does this change your your daily life? Why is it important? Um, and I would learn that from maybe the, you know, the horse is not the actual user. And so when you start a job, I think it's very important to find out in your territory, who are the clients set two client meetings a week. I always, and people always neglect this. I'm telling you, nobody ever does it, but it, but it works because you set two client meetings a week. You ask them why they bought, like what advice they have for you. People love to talk about themselves, let them do it, yeah. learn from them. And then by the way, that's a relationship now. Mm-hmm. And we get our best referrals from those who know we do a good job. So th- that's really my advice. Um, try to get a little creative instead of just getting on a website and LinkedIn, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now I'll pivot, you know, as someone who was also in talent acquisition and, and you kind of knew and were interviewing every day and seeking candidates, looking at resumes, those types of things. How did that skill set kind of help you when you were then looking for your next opportunity? Because a lot of people right now in talent acquisition, unfortunately, it's a tough industry and, and they're at that point where they have to look for new things. And sometimes you you feel like you're the expert. You've looked at resumes all day. You interview all day. 
Um, but then you, you're on the other side of the table and it's, it's overwhelming. So what were some of the things that you did to try to use the skills as an interviewer and prepare as an interviewee? So I, I would, um, it's kind of a super unpopular opinion from me probably, but this is true. I don't really care about all the details for a resume and sales. Mm -hmm. Unpopular opinion, but I don't. Um, now, if you're like a developer interviewing for some sort of technical job, those things matter, right? right? But for sales, I was preparing to show what I've done and I wanted to be able to tell those stories because we know that stories sell and that's how I buy. I buy from a story. I can relate to that. So right. I really prepared with more stories. So when they're asking those basic questions that I outlined in the beginning, I've got a story to tell about that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's so important for you to just kind of reflect back because you've done so much work and we've all leaned into growth and, and learning and, oh my gosh, hard moments. We all have them. It's really important though, that we take that um, advice and the, you know, the things that we learned from there and then translate it into this new job. So you, you can show, Hey, I've done that before. And here's how I did it. And here was what I did. So, um, and, and it is hard in the talent acquisition world right now. And I think um, I've seen a lot of people going out, maybe even on their own. And that's a pretty exciting thing. I love this whole grassroots movement of people starting their own companies and talent acquisition. And I think the network is important. I think it's important to go to an interview and show them. I mean, me, when I was interviewing salespeople, I looked at your LinkedIn network right away. It's, it's the tool of our generation. Mm -hmm. Um, and you want to know, you know, that's what, that's kind of how I'm judging on how successful you, you know, I could be because I can share, Hey, this is my network. Here's what I've done already. And these are the people I can just go right out of the gates to and say, here's what I'm doing. I don't know if there's any way we can collaborate, but maybe there is. Yeah. So I think it's really important to kind of take a step back instead of all the little technical numbers for me personally, I think it's more about stories and the network. Yeah, and let's let's pivot to that discussion about the talent acquisition and the grassroots campaign, and you know, going into business for yourself because you made yeah. recently made that announcement that you're supporting your family business as part of your, um, you know, responsibilities that you're just adding to your own plate here. But you know, wa walk me through that. You know, and considering a, a path that a lot of people might be looking at that now. You know, now is maybe the time. I have no other prospects. I've been wanting to do this for myself for so long and, and you know, no time like the present uh, or stepping into that family industry that they'd been hesitant to join all this time and, and now are looking at that as an option. How did that kind of work out for you and what are some of the, the early success? I know it's, it is early, but you know, what are some yeah. of the things that you're enjoying? Yeah, we've got some exciting stuff going. Um, it, 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 this, this is something that, okay, if you find yourself, and this is something I totally noticed about myself, if you find yourself saying, I should do this, I should do this, that means you can do it. Mm -hmm. And you stop saying should. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop saying should. What you've done, you don't need to be handcuffed to corporate America, a job or anything like that. If you're feeling like I should, and you're saying I should, you need to change that to, I am going to do this. Yeah. I am doing this. And once you do, it, it's going to fall in place because you're not going to let it fail. You've already learned. You've you've lived this, 
this time where you have learned that's what you've done. You don't have to be tied to things. When you're in that moment and you're present and you've learned those skill sets, it's okay to move forward. You don't owe anybody anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people, those were the things that were going through my mind. Oh, I'm going to let so-and-so down or I'm going to, or even get your ego out of the way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, oh, you know, I'm still, I'm still freelancing in the tech world because I can never let go of it because this is my baby and I love tech. Yeah. However, you know, my ego is kind of white, like VP of, of roofing, commercial roofing, like that's so different. However, right. it's my family's business. We're 120 years old, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know the legacy. I know the innovation that's went into this. It's yeah. really exciting. That's okay. And so let go of that. And when you are saying, I'm, I'm just challenging all of those that are saying, I should, you can, mm -hmm. you really can. Um, and, and lean on your network, right? I have asked so many people, I don't care what they do. A friend of mine just bought 11 nursing homes and I get an ice. And when I made this career move, I said, what do you think? You know, yeah. here's what, here's where I'm positive. Here's the things I'm worried about. What do you think? I mean, it doesn't matter what they do, but they know what it's like. They've stepped out on their own and they can tell you a lot about the roadblocks that might be in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So to pivot back to a question about sales then, because it, I always just like to ask this for anyone who was in sales during the pandemic and, you know, how you made that adjustment to the new normal, as they called it. And, you know, not being out on the road as much, not doing the face-to-face -face meetings and nothing, you know, the, the personal relationships, how to maintain those when there wasn't that face-to-face -face connection that you relied upon for so long. So, how did you combat it? How do you feel that that prepared you now, you know, stepping into new roles, trying new things that, you know, I've made it through this and it has given me this skill to kind of do anything now. Yeah, I, so this, this was really hard for me. Um, my generation's like, we don't really know where we fit. Like those of us that were born in the early eighties, right? We kind of are millennials. I think we're millennials. Right. I don't know, but we don't know where we fit because we didn't have the internet and all of that stuff. So for me, losing the face to face was like losing a part of everything I've ever done. I genuinely love the energy of other people. I'm empathetic to that. I love learning from other people and, and, and person. So I had to figure out ways to articulate what, um, I would do to, uh, with businesses, I needed to figure out other methods to articulate how, um, I can help them because I found that, you know, it takes like five zoom meetings to equal one in-person meeting. So we can hash everything out, take our time, you know, read the room and we can get serious. Um, and so that, that part was very challenging for me and it kind of, um, I don't know if any other people, I'm sure other people experienced this, like it was kind of depressing, like, oh man, this is, you know, this is hard to be at. I don't love working at home, right? I want to be with these people. So that was the thing for me. It was just constant communication. And it, you know, um, you do that anyway, when you're on the road and you have, you know, Hey, I want to follow up or not follow up, but here's what we discussed in the meeting. Here's what we're going to do, but it just had to be 10 times more. And I kind of find myself being more of like a kind of a wordsmith with this kind of thing, stay, um, top of mind and let them know that, uh, they're important to me. And I used a lot of different tools as well, like smart links through LinkedIn. So I could share things that way. I was trying to use more, um, tools to make things easier since we were remote and those things voted well, but I, um, I, I, uh, I think 
in person though, I will say is my personal skill set. It yeah. that took a lot away from yeah. my skill set when I wasn't in person. Right. So now you have that adaptability skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> Learn that. <laughs> Learn that the hard way. And <laughs> yeah, definitely. Trial and error. Definitely. Always good yeah. for the soul sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun, but you get there. <laughs> so then last question I have is the same for, for everyone who joins me. And it's the advice portion, because I like to kind of get that insight for everyone who's watching if they're on their job search path right now. You know, what is some key advice that you received along the way throughout your career that you really found beneficial, you know, whether that's preparing for an interview or looking at new opportunities, but something that always stuck out to you is this is an invaluable piece of advice that someone gave to me along the way. Yeah, I I think it's, and these are things I've even failed at and things I've wished people would have told me 15 years ago. That's why I love this podcast so much. Um, it's because, you know, there's, when you hear it from other people, it, it, it tends to, people that have been through it, it tends to resonate a little bit more. Right. So my advice is, hey, you know, when you're going, and this is just so silly and dumb, but it's true, make sure your resume and your LinkedIn match. You wouldn't believe when I was interviewing people, how many didn't match? And then I'm interviewing for kind of like a technical job and I'm going, do you pay attention to detail? And they probably do, but they it was an accident and they're human and I get that. But, you know, just tighten it up, tighten mm -hmm. it up. Just make sure everything's buttoned up. I mean, it, and and furthermore, when you button up and prepare and research and talk to people, you are going to feel so much more confident. Also, my thought process is you need to interview who's interviewing you. Right. You need to know what kind of environment you're going to get into. I used to, I, I did not do that in the past. And, um, and I've worked in some great environments and some not so great environments. We all have. Right. Um, I wish I would have taken more time. Hold, I know you're going to be excited, but hold it for a minute and take a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just make sure. I mean, you can read reviews, but we all know that the people that are ticked off go out and put their reviews up, right. you know? Yeah. Really get in touch with um, people you trust if you can. Um, there's always a way to find someone, link to someone, to someone. Okay. Right. So figure that out. Um, I wish I would have that advice. And I also wish I would have been told if you are feeling stagnant and you're saying, I should, I should, I should don't let it sit for like five years. Like me, <laughs> just don't do that. Um, if you're feeling stagnant, that means you got what you needed out of that job. This is about you, yeah. not anybody else. This is about you and what you're bringing to this world, this earth, not just yeah. a job. So that's my advice is, is if you're feeling it, come on, really, really try to tap into that and see yeah. what can come out of it. Something's telling you you're ready if you're hearing that often. Yes. Awesome. Well, Christina, thank you again so much for taking the time to join me for this. I know that that you and I have connected a little bit, so I'm glad we got to do this and have you on. Um, you know, if you're not connected with or following Christina, make sure you do that. Keep uh, an eye on what she's doing next. Uh, otherwise, Hope you have a great week. We will see you next Monday. Thank you.